It's Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. that lovely new theme music from the incredible Edward Champion. Thanks so much, Ed, of the gray area. That's grayareapod.com. He created a brand new theme song for us. Uh, I'm just so thrilled to be able to have the opportunity. What a great friend and a great fan of the show. And uh, we're welcome, everyone else. Good morning and welcome to the Sonic Society of the World's Largest and longest running, 18 seasons now, showcase of modern audio theater. My name is Jack Ward, for those who are new and for those who are not. My co-host remains, as always, Mr. David Ald. Hi, David. Good morning, everyone. Before we get to the show, this week's show, which is a unique one, I wanted to ask you a, a potentially sticky wicket. As a fellow Commonwealthian, I want to express my sorrow for your loss of the Queen. Uh, I'm not a monarchist myself, but I, I did find myself a little sad feeling at her departure. I mean, as a Canadian, she's also the symbolic head of our country as well. What's your relationship to the monarchy? Well, it's complicated. She was the head of state and uh, the figurehead, if you like, of Britain for 70 years. And I know that uh, my parents were born just before she ascended to the throne. But so all they have known and all so many people have known has been the Queen. So I think it's going to take a, a bit of adjustment to get used to uh, singing the national anthem with King instead of Queen for a lot of people. As for me personally, well, I never met her and uh, I'm not as monarchist as some people in this country, but she is as British as tea. Uh, which is, well, you can take that however you want. Yes, well, whether you're a fan of the old guard or not, I hope you'll continue to be a fan of the shows we have here, and today's no exception, is it, David? Absolutely not. Our feature, The Chronicles of Wild Hollow, begins with the Borsin trilogy. In episode one, Fandango investigates a high-rolling new nightclub in Fortuna City when Billy Bob's customers are drawn away from Dust Town's favourite saloon. Run entirely by frogs, the Lilypad Lounge continues to prosper night after night. Perhaps it's simply due to their signature martini, which is apparently to die for, or the resident jazz band The Tadpole Trio. But upon closer inspection, Fandango suspects there's far more going on than meets the eye. And the fantasy musical feature begins right here on the Sonic Society. Hi, it's Christian, Angus and Harvey, a.k.a. Shouting is Funny. We have some exciting news. We're launching a Patreon page. We love making audio drama and want to bring you even more. But we could use some help. So if you want to support us further, head over to our website at shoutingisfunny.com and sign up to our new Patreon club. Your donations will help us continue making stories and you'll also get some great exclusive content in return. We've got concept art, wallpapers, ringtones, and we even have an exclusive behind-the-scenes podcast in the works. Thank you for listening to our show. Now... Back to Wild Hollow. In a far-off place, 
an endless forest grows. Sprawling, barren, impenetrable. But beyond the tree line, creatures roam free. A land where adventure lurks around every corner. A land where legends are made. A land called Wild Hollow. The Chronicles of Wild Hollow, the Borsan Trilogy. Episode 1, Fandango Borsan and the Lilypad Lounge. The morning sun beamed through the dusty windows of Billy Bob's saloon. The white light cut a sharp line across the floorboards and up onto the bar. Sat on an old bar stool was Fandango Borsan. He was hunched over a glass of whiskey, the last few drops fading with the melting ice. His overcoat hung from his shoulders like a lead weight, his tail brushing the floor as it peeked out from beneath the dusty brown leather. He reached for the newspaper. The Pigeon Post Service had dropped off a stack when he had arrived earlier that morning. What's the word on everyone's lips today, I wonder? He held the black and white broadsheets out in front of him. The headlines washed over him like a desert breeze. Leading senator stands down from pivotal swing seat in the capital. PDP makes substantial gains in the preliminary polls. Ugh, tell someone who gives a damn. Fandango had never taken much of an interest in the political landscape. In his mind, crooks stayed crooks and cash stayed cash, no matter who was calling the shots in Hightower. He turned the page to see the local news. Business booming for new nightclub, the Lilypad Lounge. A new speakeasy in the old noir style breaks records on opening weekend. As Fandango scanned the story, he sensed something strange around him. His whiskers twitched. Slowly, lowering the paper, he looked around the saloon. Empty tables. Billy Bob busied himself behind the bar, polishing glasses with a melancholy look in his faraway eyes. The place was awful quiet. Say, Billy, the place is awful quiet. What'd you do, start charging entry? Oh, Fandango. It's been like this for days. Ever since that new high-rolling nightclub opened up down in Fortuna City. The Lilypad. I was just reading about that place. Seems a bit highbrow for your regulars. All black tie and martini smiles. And yet they can't get enough. Uh, Say, Fandango, seeing as you're a professional and all, could I ask you to take a look into the place? I'm a bounty hunter, Billy, not a private eye. I know, but I can't think who else to ask. I'll make it worth your while. You won't ever have to part with a dime for a drink in here again. Fandango thought for a moment. He did love drinking. What makes you so suspicious of this glitzy joint? Well, at first I thought I was being bitter, you know, hijacking my business and all, but then stranger things started happening. Folks I spoke to said they couldn't get enough, like they had to go back. They was drawn there. A change of scenery? But it's more than that. A fat Percy stumbled in here the other night. I hadn't seen him for days. His wife said he'd been there the whole time. Well, he was out of his mind, muttering all sorts of mumbo-jumbo. What was he saying? Well, you can ask him yourself. Billy Bob pointed to the end of the bar. 
A pile of clothes with a dusty fedora sat in the shadows, snoring gently. Slowly the hat lifted, revealing the sweaty, disheveled face of Fat Percy. It's like he's stuck in some movie. Hey, Percy! Oh, it's the dames that kill you, see? Pray for your thoughts and a dollar for your smile, see? Why do you choose? A kiss from a fist or a slug from a 45, see? Oh, dames, dames. He's been staying here with me. I said I'd keep an eye on him. I just know something ain't right. We need you, Fandango. Uh, I'll see what I can do, Billy. Just have the juice lined up for when I get back. And with that, Fandango tipped back the contents of his glass, crunching the ice between his teeth. He hopped down from the bar, headed for the door, and stepped out into the sunlight. Twilight came like a guilty conscience. Fortuna City emanated a warm glow into the darkening sky. The Lilypad Lounge stuck out against its neighbours, a snapshot from a bygone era. The building loomed two storeys tall, draped in shadows. Neon lights illuminated the sign above the door, beaming out in a hypnotic way. Fandango was taken aback by the spectacle. The queues stretched around the block, abuzz with excitement and anticipation. Each eager punter was dressed incredibly sharply. I'm a little underdressed. Good thing I'm overconfident. The mouse popped the collar of his big brown duster and began to weave his way through the crowd, muttering, Excuse me, sorry, please move. I don't like waiting. Sorry, thanks. As he reached the door, a giant frog blocked his path, a scowl etched into his face. An obelisk amphibian clad in pinstripes peered at Fandango with a twitching, milky eye. A menacing ribbit escaped his giant green jowls. The mouse slowly slid a tiny hand around the revolver in his pocket. A natural instinct for a natural hunter. You sure you're at the right place, my friend? Listen, I'm not looking for any trouble. Just a drink. Plenty of joints in this town for a guy like you. Fandango felt sweat begin to drip down his neck as Big Harry eyed him up with a death stare to challenge Medusa. Alright, you want the truth? Saw all these cats looking sharper than knives in their suits. Thought I could come here, jazz up my style a bit. If there's trouble in your eyes, escort me from the premises. Silence settled on the scene like a cat on Grandma's lap. The amphibian bouncer croaked into laughter. Why didn't you say so earlier? I'm just razzing you. Everyone's welcome here. All I gotta do is stamp your hands, see? The frog leant over and took a hold of Fandango's wrist. A firm, sharp stamp quickly landed on the back of the mouse's paw, leaving a brown lily pad insignia. Make your way inside. Tell the kid at the bar the first one's on me, Big Harry. The mouse smiled at the frog and entered the lily pad lounge. He noticed a quiet tss of a cocktail kit creep into his ears. A fog of cigarette smoke filled his nostrils, clouding his senses. Everything was monochrome. No colour, other than lipstick and red-hot passion. The clientele were all dressed to impress. Pinstripe suits, kitten heels, cigarette trousers and slim sheath dresses, all tailored down to a tee. Fandango slunk over to the bar, hands in his pockets, trying not to draw attention to himself. 
as he walked, the band sprung into action and a crowd excitedly hurried onto the checkerboard dance floor. Welcome everybody to a special night. Have we got a show for you all right? Grab yourself a drink and settle down. Relax, you're at the swankiest club in town. Don't believe us, suit yourself. Feel free to have a search around. You'll never have a better time than here at the Lilybag Lounge. Nice to meet you, we're the Tadpole Trio. My name's Jack. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Rio. We're here to entertain you through the evening. We hope you'll create that special feeling. The kind of vibe that's rare to find. But we're honored to take the crown. Get ready for the best night of your life. Here at the Lily The tadpole trio left the stage. Fandango settled at the long marble bar. It ran the length of the room, a myriad of spirits and liqueurs adorning the shelves. He perched atop a bar stool, making eyes at the bartender. Another frog wearing a black circle dress and a white apron came over. Hey, it's good around here. Depends on what you're looking for. I want a drink. Now signature martini is to die for. Well, I don't plan on dying anytime soon. I'll stick to scotch. Nate? On the rocks. Say, you all frogs? Like, the workers here? All frogs. Madame Marlowe likes to know she can trust everyone. Marlowe? What's her story? Yeah, you're gonna have to buy another drink if you want to keep asking questions. I'll get in trouble. Fandango knocked back his scotch, placing a crisp hollow dollar bill beneath the glass as he slid it back across the bar towards her, lacking any subtlety. Why would you get in trouble? What's going on in this place? Martha glanced at the note, then slid it back. Save your cash for the taxi home. I prefer to walk. Well, walk away. I've got nothing for you. I ain't a snake, but I can tell something's got you rattled. Take your questions elsewhere before you get us both mixed up in a cocktail of bad news. You know, I should- But she was interrupted by a sharp, piercing ribbit. Behind her loomed a menacingly polite face. Well, this is just wonderful to see a brand new face here at our humble establishment. Madame Marlowe is my name. I see you've already met Martha. Martha, will you go and count stock in the office, please? Martha smiled politely and bowed her head as she briskly made her way through the back door. Marlowe turned her attention back to Fandango. Apologies about Martha. She's new, clearly struggling with all the pressure. Poor dear. Now, sir, how about another drink? I would recommend our signature martini. It's to die for. Hmm. A kind offer, truly. But what sounds kinder to me right now is a soft bed and a good night's sleep. Thanks for the drink. Well, thank you for your custom, Mr. Borsan. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure we'll see you again sometime. 
The mouse smiled at the frog. The frog smiled back. How did she know his name? Why was her polite demeanor so disturbing? How were the tadpole trio's harmonies so damn slick? He weaved his way out of the club. His senses felt even more clouded than before. Christ, this drink's really gone to my head. Then, something caught his eye. The doorway into the back of the club was ajar. Madame Marlowe stood over a trembling Martha, her furious tirade lost under the noise of the club. Fandango knew he was onto something here. Something real deep. Fandango made his way along the dusty track back into Dust Town. The street lamps threw a lazy orange hue over his surroundings as he approached Billy Bob's saloon. Silence had replaced the usual sounds of late-night indulgence. The saloon was half dead. Suddenly, a wave of nausea hit Fandango like a runaway train. Whoa, that's... what the... Fandango's peripherals melted into an unintelligible fog. He stumbled, falling to his knees, panting. Footsteps approached, but they seemed to be coming from every direction. Fandango, son, are you all right? Billy, Bob. And with that, Fandango succumbed to the inky, black darkness. Now, sir, how about an energy? Take your questions elsewhere. All I gotta do is snap your hand, you see? I'm sure I can see them somewhere. What are you hiding? Fandango jolted awake. His temples throbbed. A high-pitched ringing filled his large, mousy ears. He peered around, slowly recognising the familiar, dingy room. He was back in his motel, lying on his bed, his moth-eaten blanket drenched in sweat. He heard a snuffling from the shadows, and instinctively reached for his Smith & Wesson revolver he kept under his pillow, but it wasn't there. Relax, Fandango, it's only me. Billy Bob struggled his way out of the dilapidated armchair in the corner and hobbled across to Fandango's bedside. You gave me a fright last night, son. I seen some messy individuals in my time, but not you. What happened? I... I don't know. I was at the Lilypad Lounge, scoping the place. So many frogs, Billy. And then... How did I get here? I found you in the street, all woozy and such. So I brought you home. Listen, Fandango, forget about the lily pad. These frogs ain't worth whatever you went through. No, you were right. There's something going on, and I'm going to find out the truth tonight. Billy Bob sighed, laying a hand on Fandango's shoulder. Then he reached into his jacket and placed Fandango's revolver on the bedside table. Don't go getting yourself killed, son. Not for me. Fortuna City boomed with life. Fandango scurried behind a motor car and peered over the bonnet. There was Big Harry, like yesterday, towering above the queue of lilypad patrons, stamping each one on the back of the hand before allowing them entry. Sorry, big guy. I'm not queuing tonight. 
The bounty hunter rolled out from behind the car, sprung up onto a dustbin and launched himself over the wall into the private yard of the Lilypad Lounge. The kitchen door was propped open, the sounds of bustling workers and tinkling glass emitting from within. Time to meet the workforce. He slipped inside. The kitchen was bright. Pots and pans hung across one wall, glasses of every description were stacked across another. He could feel the heat of the flaming grill from across the room. Just as he was about to move onwards, Fandango heard footsteps approaching and dived into a mop bucket. The door opposite burst open and a frog dashed in. Soup! I forgot the soup! Gotta make the soup! Christ! How could I forget about the soup? Marlo's gonna... Marlo's gonna what, Snowball? Madame Marlo had entered the kitchen, standing tall over the froggy chef. Her beady eyes peered down at Snowball, who visibly began to shake. Madame Marlo, I was just... I mean, you're gonna love it, the soup. You're gonna love the soup. My best yet, I assure you. I hardly think your best yet is anything to brag about, Snowball. Now remember, keep your eyes open tonight. If that mouse shows his face here again, I want to know about it. Mouse? Sure. No mice in this kitchen, I assure you. No problem, Madam Marlowe. None at all. Marlowe gave Snowball a final degrading glance before leaving, snapping the door closed behind her. Damn it. How I respect that woman, but hate her still. The frog chef hobbled her way into the pantry. Fandango scampered up the mop handle, pounced up onto the strip lighting, and ran the length of the kitchen. He sprang across to a vent in the wall, squeezing between the bars. He was only a little mouse after all. Air vents. Classic. He ventured onwards before dropping down into a small, dark room. Where's the light switch in here? Fandango spent the next 15 minutes randomly launching himself up against the walls until finally... A single hanging light bulb spluttered to life. Fandango looked around the room. Lining the left were ten large barrels, one of which appeared to be open. Cardboard boxes were roughly stacked along the right. What do we have here? He moved to the nearest box and expertly nibbled a hole in its side, the contents tumbling out onto the floor before him. Hand stamps. The boxes were filled with the same stamps that Big Harry was using out front. Frowning, Fandango leapt up onto the brim of the open barrel. It was full of a thick, murky substance. The smell rising from it burned Fandango's nostrils. He was about to retreat when suddenly he felt a shove from behind. The mouse fell forwards into the contents of the barrel and everything went black. Fandango awoke to a pain like he had never experienced. His brain was on fire. Every movement he made sent an overwhelming rush of nausea through his tiny mouse body. He trembled uncontrollably, sweat dripping from his furry skin. He tried to move his arms, but they would not budge. Fandango had been strapped into a chair, thick, coarse rope wrapped tightly around him. The mouse was coated in the mysterious substance. A pair of beady orange eyes appeared in the corner of the room, and out of the shadows stepped Madame Marlowe. Good evening, Mr. Borsan. What have you done to me? Don't you mean, what have you done to yourself? We didn't ask you to come here. The barrels. What's... what's in the... Oh, this? Madame Marlowe walked across to the barrel. This is a very 
very special concoction. We call it sludge. Would you like to know what it does? She leant forwards, gazing deeply into Fandango's eyes. It takes stubborn, backwards-thinking individuals such as yourself, and it nudges their behavior in the right direction. It makes one susceptible to influence. Malleable. And you're loading the sludge into the hand stamps. Why? You see, there's a certain reputation attached to my kind. Frogs have been discriminated against for years. Slimy, disgusting. Now isn't that unfair? Isn't that wrong? I think so. So I'm gonna change everything. Madame Marlowe smiled darkly. I'm going to prove to the world that we are beautiful. Imagine, if the entire world could see us for what we truly are. We are the height of class. The sharpest, smoothest, superior. Imagine what we could do, the power we could hold, the good we could achieve. You call this good? You're brainwashing everybody. You're not proving anything. The end product is the same. Every night, our followers grow in numbers. Business is booming. We simply encourage our patrons to bring along a pal. And the next night, our intake doubles. The people of Fortuna are so supportive. I think we found a new recruit in you, my little furry friend. Do you think you'd bring this to an end? Sorry to disappoint Oh, you gotta be kidding me If you think you stood a chance here You might be new in this dance, dear But I'm the queen of this joint Hit it, boys We got a special thing here, in fact it's quite unique The stamp we give on entry will have you hooked for a week But then imagine if every night you come sniffing around for more And then they're hitting the good stuff without even knowing it's hitting the bloodstream In the bloodstream! Before you're even through our door we find the ambience of classic 50s noir Embodies our whole ethos and makes clear just who we are And of course we have our generous benefactor by our side To help us spread our newfound reputation
I awoke, once again dripping in sweat, shivering on my mattress. Billy Bob stood at the side of my bed. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck two times over. Where the hell am I? You're home. Don't worry. We got you out of there. We. A ribbit came from the shadows. Hello, stranger. Martha appeared from the corner of the room. I felt shock, confusion. What was going on? We never came back last night. I knew something was wrong, so I went to the club, the lily pad lounge. I snuck in through the back, and I found you out of your head and tied to a chair. We were halfway out the kitchen when some hobbling frog chef caught us. Then this one appears out of nowhere and brains him with a saucepan. Marlowe's gone too far. You needed my help, and I needed an out. So I took my chance. Suddenly, I began to convulse violently. Poker hot and ice cold. My fur felt like it was melting off my bones. What's happening to me? The sludge has taken hold. You received a near-lethal dose. Who knows the side effects of a dose that big? Could be anything from itchy skin to a complete shift in genre. That explained why I was narrating my own thoughts, like a hard-nosed detective in a classic noir picture. Get out of my head! You gotta go full cold turkey. No two ways about it. I knew what this meant. I saw train spotting at the movies. Twice. I have some things to take care of. I'll be back when you're rested. And so began Fandango's cold turkey phase. For three restless nights, he tossed and turned, sweating bullets, hallucinating, and incessantly quoting Humphrey Bogart movies. The whole while, Billy Bob kept watch over his friend. Sunlight caressed Fandango's cheek like the first kiss of a lover. The smell of black coffee and cigarettes cradled his waking senses. He was alone. Walking over to the window from the bed, the mouse stretched, cracked his bones, and yawned a little mouse yawn. Come in. Martha entered with a fresh bag of pastries. Coffee brewed yet? Hot like a smoking pistol. Okay. So you're still talking like a Hollywood schmuck. My head's in dreamland, but I feel like I swallowed a detective novella. At least you're awake. I brought Portuguese tarts. Fandango was momentarily shocked until Martha raised the paper bag in her hand. Freshly baked. Fandango poured out a coffee and sipped it, frowning. So, Martha, how did you wind up making drinks in a sleazy backstreet drug den? Well... It wasn't listed like that in the job advert. I came to Fortuna City for a better life. But sometimes dreams are best left for sleeping. Why did he stay? Surely you knew what was really going on. Marlowe says you can check out any time you like. But you can never leave. Hey, why don't you eat something? You look like roadkill. Charmed. Fandango swallowed a Portuguese tart whole. An impressive feat for a mouse so small. All right, here we go. He gathered his revolver from the bedside table and nestled it into his holster, throwing his duster over his shoulders. It's time to put an end to this madness. So what's our next move? Well, I'm getting the hell out of this place. But what about the lily pad? Marlo, the whole racket? You've stirred up everything, Fandango. It's about to blow wide open. I'm not going to be around when it does. But we can bring them down together. You can count me out. I'm leaving tonight. 
My train's booked. I need a fresh start. How can you give up now? Did Sisyphus give up just because the rock got too dangerous to push up that hill? Did he book a train out of town? I don't see how that- You're leaving without justice. Well, justice doesn't stop a bullet, Fandango. But a bullet can't stop this mouse, Martha. One day, you're gonna get yourself killed. Did Sisyphus stop because he was worried about getting himself killed? I don't think you know who Sisyphus actually was. Maybe I don't, but I know what's right. Fandango's statement hung in the air before Martha smiled sadly and headed towards the door. She drew an envelope from her pocket and placed it on the sideboard. Another ticket for the late train, in case you change your mind. Maybe you could do with a fresh start too. I hope you find what you're looking for. So do I. And with that, Martha left. Fandango took a deep breath and looked down at his revolver. I guess it's just you and me, compadre. And me? Holy shit, Billy Bob! A light flicked on in the corner. Billy Bob, who had been watching them the whole time, smiled a toothy smile. You nearly gave me a heart attack. Billy Bob stood and drew a hatchet from his belt. I'm ready when you are. Let's show these frogs who's boss. No, Billy. This mission's too dangerous for an old timer. You can get the saloon ready. They'll be flocking like cattle before the night's out. Okay, son. Say, got any more of those Portuguese tarts? Fandango chuckled. Never change, Billy. He set off for the lily pad lounge, dropping the bag of tarts in Billy Bob's lap as he left. The line for the lily pad lounge was longer than ever. Fandango slipped between the bodies in the queue. On the door, Big Harry was vigorously frisking some poor ferret, making a show for his froggy cronies, the Cotton Brothers. This was Fandango's moment. He slipped in unnoticed. He was in the club. The sound of the band and the smell of the bar sent a familiar wave of nausea over him, but he shook it off and headed for the stage. He grabbed the mic from the tadpole trio and the band ground to a halt. Can I get everyone's attention? The frogs from the door bundled in. Big Harry's milky eye twitched with menace. The Cotton Brothers flexed their muscles, ominously riveting. Madame Marlowe appeared from the crowd, resting a hand on Big Harry's arm as a signal to hold off. Mr. Borsan, how nice of you to join us. I knew you wouldn't be able to stay away. Now, why don't you let these good people enjoy the music? And we can talk in my office over a cold martini on the house. The time for talking's over. Now you gotta listen. These people here are sick. They need help. If you let them leave, we can avoid a nasty scene. Now, Mr. Borsan, these people got all the free will in the world. They can leave whenever they want. Yes, Schmuck, I can leave whenever I want. They just don't want to. Yes, Schmuck, I just don't want to. You're all stuck in here, don't you see that? You're pumped full of sludge and wrapped around our finger. That's enough. Get him out of here. Big Harry pushed through the tables, shoving the gawking onlookers out the way. Hold it, big man. I got snipers trained on all you frogs. You take me down, and you'll all croak for the last time. Lights out, baby. The frogs froze, looking around suspiciously. Fandango slowly edged to the side of the stage. Wait a second. There ain't no windows in here. He's bluffing. Get him. Worth a try. Somebody shoot that no-good mouse! 
Fandango dived from the stage as a hail of bullets shredded the velvet curtains. The guests began to scream and ran to the exit as their narcotic haze was shattered by the noise. He went behind that table! Pistols were pulled from jackets and Tommy guns were grabbed from violin cases. Fandango drew his Smith & Wesson revolver and launched himself through the air as the table exploded into wooden splinters. The Cotton Brothers, equipped with matching sawn-off shotguns, advanced, reeling off blistering rounds as they went. Fandango weathered the onslaught before popping up, firing two shots that ripped through the pinstriped Cotton Brothers, killing them instantly. Frogs piled in from every direction, but they were no match for Fandango Borsan. His prowess with a revolver unmatched, his aim true, the frogs fell one by one. Marlo, you can end this. Call off the frogs. You wanted a showdown, Mouse? You got one. Harry, open fire! Fandango Commando rolled behind the bar as a fresh assault of bullets ripped up the countertop. The club echoed into silence. Fandango panted. His revolver was empty. We've got you trapped, Fandango. The mouse took a slow breath. Boy, could I use a drink right now. He snatched up a nearby bourbon bottle, raising it to his lips. And then it hit him. A wry smile danced across his face. It's time to heat things up. Fandango tore off a piece of his vest and stuffed it into the end of the bottle. He shook it hard. Less chance, Marlowe! You're the one who's out of chances. Grib it, grib it, Big Harry charged towards the bar. Fandango lit a spark from the hammer of his gun, igniting the Molotov in his hands. He hopped onto the bar. This one's on the house. The bottle flew through the air and exploded against the approaching frog, engulfing him in liquid fire. Big Harry tumbled to the ground, igniting the tablecloths as he dropped. Fire raced through the club, swallowing every table and chair, every wall hanging and curtain. The ceiling cracked as beams began to fall. Now we gotta get out of here. The mouse made for the door, dodging the falling debris. As he reached the exit, he turned back to see Madame Marlowe standing in the centre of the chaos. Marlowe, it's over! Get out of there! She looked at him through the smoke and flames and smiled. What do they say about captains and their ships? Besides, they don't do second chances. Who? Who don't do second chances? Madame Marlowe turned and jumped into the fire. She was engulfed in seconds. Marlowe! The flames grew and the room filled with thick smoke. The building shook as the sludge barrels exploded in the back room. Pandango stumbled out onto the street, coughing and wheezing. He turned back, just in time to see the roof of the Lilypad Lounge cave in on itself, the neon letters of the building's facade contorting in the blazing heat. It was over. The sun was high in the sky the following afternoon. A warm hubbub floated through Billy Bob's saloon. The clinking of glasses, the patter of laughter and beer-fueled conversation. Fandango sat at the bar, taking in the saloon's newfound vigour. He had been feeling jaded and drowsy all day, but was glad he decided to venture out. As he looked around and breathed in the atmosphere, he caught the eye of Billy Bob. Another drink for you, Mr. Borsan? No, who would I be to turn down such a generous offer? 
A glass of whiskey slid across the bar, nestling neatly into Fandango's paw. He pulled out the envelope Martha had left him. On opening it, he saw the ticket for last night's late train. In another life, perhaps. Fandango sipped his drink. As he removed the ticket, a small piece of paper fell from between the folds and onto the bar. A handwritten note. Fandango, the train leaves at midnight, but I've got a feeling you won't be there. This racket goes way beyond Marlowe and the lily pad. You want answers? Find Artemis Gray. Good luck, Martha. Billy Bob clocked the pensive expression that had befallen the mouse. Everything okay, Fandango? Some parting words from Miss Martha? Another thought for another day. How's business, Billy Bob? Oh, it's booming. It's like the lily pad was a bad dream. I'll drink to that. He raised his glass, and the two shared a smile. The sun began to set in the sky, its warm rays refracting through the countless glasses of beer and whiskey. The saloon buzzed as the day drew to an end. Good times were back again. You have been listening to a Shouting is Funny production. The roles of Fandango Borsan and Jack the Tadpole were played by Christian Powsland. Martha was played by Bethan Bark. Madame Marlowe was played by Emma Levy. The roles of Billy Bob and Dwayne the Tadpole were played by Harvey Badger. Big Harry was played by Elliot McKenzie. Snowball was played by Charlotte Swarbrick. The roles of Quentin the narrator, Fat Percy and Rio the Tadpole were played by Angus Maxwell. Frog Goon was played by competition winner Joe Walsham. The role of Woody was played by Tom Hanks in Toy Story. What a good movie. All additional roles were played by members of the company. All music was created in-house by Shouting is Funny and all company members worked in isolation during this project. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel by simply searching Shouting is Funny. Hi there, it's me again, uh, Christian, from Shouting is Funny. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed it. Now, if you did enjoy it, please do consider leaving us some feedback. If you're on Spotify, you can use the five-star rating system. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review and or a rating. And if you want to go above and beyond to support the Chronicles of Wild Hollow, then please head over and leave us a review on podchaser.com. And while you're at it, why not go and follow Shouting is Funny on Instagram and Twitter as well. All of this will massively help us to get our show out to more listeners and spread the word of Wild Hollow. And again, thanks for listening. And that's this week's show. Please share your thoughts with us at Sonic Society at Gmail or at the website sonicsociety.org. Or on Twitter at Sonic Society or at David Alt. We just moved the Sonic Society website, so if you're having trouble reading the site, please let us know. Hopefully it won't be lagging in updates too much. See you all next week. Yes, I'll have tomorrow off in Canada in observance of the funeral. Hopefully everyone's week is relaxing and filled with family. Until next time, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Good day.
You're listening to a Sonic Cinema production. I'm Jack Ward from the Mutual Audio Network. This week, Canada, England, and the entire Commonwealth mourns the loss of the world's longest-serving queen, Elizabeth II, known throughout the world as Elizabeth the Great. Whether you yourself are a monarchist or a friend of someone from the Commonwealth, please take a moment to consider and respect their loss as she makes her final ride this upcoming week. Thank you.